Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My JavaScript Story. This week, I'm talking to Wayne Haugen. Usually, I'm like, they were on this episode of JavaScript Jabber or blah, 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 or sometimes I'll just tell you how we met. In this case, Wayne reached out because I had been talking on JavaScript Jabber, mentioned that I was curious where people were coming from getting into JavaScript these days. And incidentally, funny enough, two days ago on JavaScript Jabber recording schedule, not the production schedule, right? It's not out yet and it probably won't be for several weeks. We talked to somebody going through a boot camp, but Wayne, your experience is a little different from that. And I really am curious as far as as all of this goes, you know, yeah, what's it like getting into the industry today? So let's talk a little bit about your background date, like what, you know, what you've done before, and then we can talk about why you decided to get in and what you did in order to learn. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood, and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. So what is your background? So basically, I've been in the collision repair industry for 15 years, my way up as a journeyman painter. And it's kind of funny because I wasn't even, I never even planned to be working on cars. When I got out of high school, I told myself I never want to work on cars. I actually had aspirations to be a 3D animator, but that kind of changed among other things that had to do with the, the community college I was at and what they could provide. I've been married for about 11 years now. I got three daughters, nine, seven, and three. Wow. And so your schedule's no joke then. <laughs> no, and I commute about an hour, 15, hour, 30 minutes to work uh -huh. uh, one way every day. And then I work about a 10 to 11 hour day. So my time to teach myself something new is very thin. Uh -huh. And then the free time I do have on the weekends, I try not to take it up with my extracurriculars because I got family to take care of, you know, so mm -hmm. I've been taking my laptop with me to work and spending about a half hour, 40 minutes coding. If somebody's not talking to me in the break room, Room, and then just little chances I have here and there when I get home or on the weekend. So it's been a slow journey, but it's given me a pretty big challenge to kind of be intentional about what I try to learn because I don't want to waste my time learning the wrong thing. Right. So that's kind of where frameworks and libraries and modules, mm -hmm. all that foreign language to me early up front was like, do I need to learn this? Or, <laughs> you know, I could, I might jump right into React because that's what everybody's talking about. But then I could just be getting my myself way worse off just uh, launching myself if yeah. I didn't learn the basics. So it, it took me a little while to kind of figure out what I need to learn. Yeah. Did you tell us what prompted this change? Like, did you meet somebody or did something so, happen in your career? I've actually... Yeah, so I've actually been looking to get out of my industry for a few years now. And my aspirations aren't, I never, it always changes because going through this journey the last probably four months of learning coding has got me really interested in it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of exciting. First time in 15 years to realize there's more out there for me, potentially. I just keep following this. But my wife and I have always wanted to open, open a coffee shop for quite a long time now since we got married. And then just a few years ago, I actually, you know, you get caught up in your career and don't make time for yourself to do hobbies and stuff. But like I kind of started tinkering and playing around uh -huh. again, got myself a 3D printer, started doing like RC model air, airplanes and stuff like oh, that. Oh, now I'm jealous. I've, I've, want, I've wanted one of those for a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a lot more approachable now. Yeah, it is. But yeah, like I kind of raised some apprentices to kind of take the load off my back uh -huh. where they could pick up part of the burden at work. So I, I started getting more free time at home at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I started investing in my hobbies and in myself for my own sanity. 
and it, it was just refreshing to kind of get that feeling of like being that nerdy tinkerer guy that I always was that I hadn't really spent time to do in a long time and that kind of influenced me and inspired me in like this idea of building our coffee shop with a maker space uh-huh. in mind that came to fruition yeah so I've been following the maker movement for a while now and like that's just been kind of my passion uh-huh. like I follow like tested.com with Adam Savage and all that a lot right several other maker channels and stuff like that but um, you know even people in that community they say like coding is making too you're making yeah. new things that are useful to everyday people all the time sometimes they're creative sometimes they're just a practical application so this just fit right in but I hadn't really considered what I wanted to use with it I've always had ideas for apps and stuff but what prompted me to jump into it at this point so at work it, we're, we're a big company the shop I'm at we do like one and a half million sales on auto repair a month mm-hmm. but like they have this whiteboard that they have up behind our production desk where every service writer that meets with the customer and writes the sheets for us they go and write the cars that are going that day like who the bodyman is who the mm-hmm. painter is does it need an alignment does it need windows right. put in hands all this stuff and it's like far away from their desk it's far away from everybody else but it's like management they just want them to go out there and write on it all the time and update it i just looked at it i was like that looks like a big waste of time it'd be a lot more useful if they had like a big tv up there with a spreadsheet or something like that where they could just fill it in from their computer right they could check it on their phone yeah you know eventually like you can get data from that too if you save all of it and see how production really works out so that kind of prompted me to want to make an application like that just to see if i could do it so initially I went on Google. I started like looking for like clips of code to see if I could cobble it together. And I found out really quick that that just doesn't work. So that led me to figure out like what I really need to do to figure out how to make this. And I came across because like I'd heard about one thing I, I did know about. I've been aware. I've kind of followed. I'm into tech a lot. So like I'd followed mm-hmm. what Mozilla tried to do with their Fire OS. Mm-hmm. The idea of like just web apps being available to anyone you don't have to have an app or a specific device that works so i i I had a friend that got way into that yeah so i i just like the idea of like a web app it sounds like a better approach to building something except especially for somebody starting out Uh so yeah i I just i kind of as i started kind of trying to figure out what i needed to build an app it it got bigger and bigger and bigger as i was like looking into i was like okay so i've always heard about javascript i kind of looked into that i was like okay well that doesn't look like it fits all my needs (laughs) because You need, I realize you need HTML and CSS because that's the stuff you see. JavaScript's the stuff that makes it interactive where I can click a button. But then I was like, oh crap, like now I need something that it goes to like a database or whatever that is. And the assumption is the database is the same thing as a server. And then I find out more. It's like you need a language. You need to learn some kind of language that builds or talks to a server. Then there's, I'm still kind of in that part of learning. I now like it sounds like there's also modules or frameworks for the server to talk to the database so how did you decide which of all of these things to learn right i mean yeah and it's (laughs) just just to give you a little bit of context because i talk to a lot of people that aren't new and they have the same problem right (laughs) you know it's not just you i mean even if they've dialed in and they're like you know what i'm a react guy or i'm an angular Mm -hmm gal or whatever, right? It's, you know, it, it just boils down to, you know, okay, so you get into React, let's say, and then there's Redux and MobX and 
just managing state with whatever you have. And, you know, and that's just state management. And it's what do I put in the store and what don't I put in the store and how do I test it? And how, you know, how do I make it performant? And blah, you know, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about the top crust <laughs> yeah. of this rabbit hole, right? So yeah, yeah, as a new person, and it seems like the sky's the limit too, right? There are plenty of Angular jobs there are plenty of React jobs or plenty of Vue jobs. There are plenty of mobile jobs or whatever, right? And so mm. it's not like picking one is going to necessarily severely limit your options. So, so how did you pick? Put some notes down for this, but I would just, I started going on YouTube and mm -hmm. kind of seeing what people were saying about it. And then I came across a video by a guy named Andy Sterowitz, I think. Mm -hmm. And he had a video called My Story of Being a Self-Taught Programmer. And he'd mentioned a book in the Head First series by mm -hmm. O'Reilly. And I think he said it was the HTML and CSS book. It was just a good starting place for him. And so I was like, you know what? It sounds like that's kind of what everybody's going to be working with when they jump into this. So I'm going to learn. I'm going to do that first. So I took my HTML, CSS book from the Head First series. I started in October. We're in March or in April now. So that took me about a month to complete. And I tried to take advantage of being curious while I was going through the book. Like, got to a certain point. I was like, okay, I'm starting to get this. So I went to my wife's photography page that she made in Squarespace. Mm -hmm. And I was like halfway through the book. And I was, I'm just going to try to replicate this page with what I know right now. Oh, okay. And so like I open up the source code and it's like, you know, 350 kilobytes for a, a page that has a background and a little bit of text. I'm like, I don't know why this is all here. Kind of in retrospect, I'm, I imagine that's just framework stuff that's built in the Squarespace or whatever. But like I was able to kind of replicate that page in like six, a six kilobyte HTML file. And so that, that was kind of fun. And I kind of just did that as I went through the book. I kind of gave myself little challenges to replicate pages that I've seen across the internet. And then I got into the headfirst JavaScript book because why not stick to the, the publisher and the series that seemed to be gelling with me? Oh, I think I... I'm, I'm still muted. You're, okay. you're still talking, you're still learning the fundamentals there, right? You know, yeah. JavaScript's still kind of that base level stuff, just like HTML and CSS. So yeah. I like that. Can I just back up for a second though? Because I love the idea of replicating something that's out there, right? Because you know it can be done. You know if you've gotten it right because it looks mm -hmm. the same or acts the same. So how did you decide? I mean, you mentioned your wife's Squarespace, and that's kind of an obvious pick, right? Because it's something you're familiar with. But what were yeah. some of the other things you picked? And and why did you pick those as things you wanted to replicate? I didn't do many. Some of them were over, still over my head because that was the very beginning of what I was, I was right. starting to do. But like, again, like I said, I, I go to tested.com a lot. That's a page that just had, it's kind of a blog style website they just post videos from youtube so i was just trying to replicate format and stuff like that i started like building my own blog i haven't published it yet but like i've been kind of playing with that i would get on the my kids would hop in on my lap or next to me on the couch sometimes and want to build their own website because they want to do what dad's doing so my middle girl Addie, we built her a little website called Addie's robot roller unicorn with a <laughs> just a big old stock photo of a unicorn on the background and some text on it and just however she wanted the font to look. And then we I put together another website with little squishy toys for my oldest daughter. Right. And so it was just like a little activity for us that gave me a, a chance to do something like not replicate something, but kind of play around with formatting, like kind of figure out what the heck is flex or this grid thing that everybody's talking about. I should and do that. <laughs> 
honestly, no, I should do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I got, I finally started kind of towards the end of November. I started the JavaScript book. That uh-huh. one took a lot longer because I would take a multiple week break just to kind of work. I'd get just enough in my tool chest where I'd start like working on that app idea I had for work. And then I'd kind of get to where I couldn't do much more. I'd keep going in the book. That was a really good exercise for me because as I progressed through the JavaScript book, I'd see where I was being inefficient in the code I'd written for that app. And I'd go back and revise it and kind of get past perspective on like, in a way, I think that the book I actually was using was ES5 book, maybe not ES6 even. Uh-huh. I think it was written in like 2014. Well, ES5 I'd, still works. So, yeah. yeah. So either way, like some of the syntax looked a little older to what I was seeing on, uh, what's the website everybody goes to? <laughs> For, uh, to check their coding and ask questions. Uh, Stack Overflow. That was a di- that was another interesting experience for me because sometimes you go to Stack Overflow and there'd be these because I'm learning vanilla JavaScript and uh-huh. you see like percentage signs and pound signs and dollar signs. I'm like, what's this? People are mentioning jQuery or something and some of the syntax. They're saying like this is from a framework or something. I'm like, I don't know how to use that. Like, right. but yeah, that it was it was just a good exercise. As I went through that book and kept revising my code for that app, and I'd see myself cutting out like 20, 30 lines of code sometimes mm-hmm. just to build it. I even had a timer built in at one time for where like a cell would gradually meter across from zero to 100% right. when a car was getting ready to be delivered. And that was an interesting thing because I listened to, I can't remember which podcast, but they were talking about how complex time is in coding and the UTS oh, yeah. format. Yeah, but how important it was. And I was like, you know, that sounds like a legit thing to kind of work on. Because when you take an input from a form, you don't get that. It kind of gives you a partial string. So I had to kind of create a function that would complete the string so that it could be used again later. And that was an interesting. I still don't know how I did it. I'd have to go back and look at it. But um, that, <laughs> that was just that was just a good challenge. It was kind of yeah. like one of my first satisfying challenges to kind of work at. It felt like I was right. kind of doing something unique. Probably wasn't, but it just felt like it. I'm, I'm a little curious, you know, talking through some of these, were you reading through the books while you were working on some of these? Yeah. Or, or did you, because I talked to Eric Critchlow who on the Clean Coders podcast, and he, he mentioned that the way he picks stuff up is he basically reads the book front to back and then just goes and gets to work. And so I was no. curious what your, yeah, your method was different than that. It was just kind of going through it. Like, again, I, I was just excited to like be jumping into it. I remember the first time, like it really clicked for me and it was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm on a beginner's web dev group on Facebook and I just went oh, on nice. there. Like I just went on there and just said, and like, it's kind of dumb, but it's just like this simple thing. I was going through my book and they had us like kind of deviating on this one thing over and over again and I just was in the console on Firefox or whatever and wrote up a quick function so I don't have to retype that code over and over and over again and I just naturally it was the first time I just at the back of my head I just wrote a function and wasn't thinking about it and I was like that was that was pretty exciting for me it was just something simple but it kind of just that was like okay that click that gelled kind of makes sense I'm, I'm not like struggling with this now I understand what a function is so yeah I, I completed the JavaScript book in January I think and then I just took some time kind of playing around with my app more I was kind of busy with work i was trying to figure out i'm what waiting for you to pick a team i know so <laughs> i haven't gotten there yet so <laughs> and this is the the thing for me like i 
I still don't know if like this is going to be my career. You know, like I'm kind of playing with oh. this idea, you know, and I hope it doesn't feel like I'm wasting your time. No, it's that. not because, you know, it's this perspective too. I mean, I'm not sure this is going to be my career is, okay, so what things might make you, because we have this conversation, usually it's about like women and minorities, but you know, a lot of other people, and, and this might get me in trouble saying it, but what I find is that a lot of the folks, whether they're a minority or not, they're people, right? And yeah. a lot of the reasons that people fall out are people issues, not necessarily women issues or minority issues. Mm-hmm. So if we see the places where we leak people in our pipeline, then maybe it's like, oh, well, if we made sure that Wayne and other people understood this thing, right? then maybe they'd be more likely to come into the community. Or maybe if we solved this particular issue with development, or maybe it's a perception thing, right? But yeah, I'm I'm curious. So yeah, it's not a waste of time. It's an yeah. it's an interesting perspective on the on the industry and oh, where might we have a, a leaky issue? And and yeah. maybe you wouldn't be happy here and and so maybe it's just not a good but anyway, you know, any of those I, I would love to just kind of get perspective on. So that you're not wasting time, it's fine. Okay, yeah. So like I said, like, you know, our our real goal for my family is to build this business that we, we kind of dream of. But like I said earlier, and that's like, the, the maker coffee space. Yeah. And like, I love that I, idea, by the way. Yeah. Cause I like I've found my greatest passion is teaching people. It's been like my pleasure for the last six or seven years as a journeyman raising up apprentice technicians right. so that they can make a career of themselves, be able to support their families. And just I just love the idea of like teaching somebody the right way to do something and be happy about the quality of their work and know that they're putting something out there that is good and something to be proud of. Right. And like I said, like, it's kind of funny. I've, I've been hearing it for years, like, because I just approach my job so different. Like mm-hmm. in my trade, it's, you know, there, a lot of these guys are gearheads, stuff oh, like yeah. that. But we need people like that too in the world. So yeah, but it's funny because I've always told people, like, I find that artists make the best painters because it's, uh-huh. it's kind of an art into itself. And then I was talking to my boss, who, who was my new boss at the time, two years ago, because they kind of made me the, the point person for training new apprentices in the company. And he's like, Wayne, Wayne, like, you don't think like an artist, you think like an engineer. Right. And I'd never thought of that before. But it totally made sense because like when I would do art in high school and stuff, like I'd be so meticulous and a perfectionist about things. I'm like that in my job. Most of these people, like part of the painting job is tinting colors to match each car because they're all a little off, whether it's been mismatched from the factory or it's been dyed back in the sun or something. But like a lot of these guys, they just kind of go to these toner banks because a color is made up of many individual toners. Right. Just kind of like drip, drip, glob, glob and make the color match but once it's matched like it's good for that time but i and a few people a number of other people do it but it's not very common i use math to tint so i'm like okay i need about uh half a percent of this red to change this color this way i might need to leave out 20 percent of this make it match or add this i'm very mathematical about it and then i keep my spray outs and with all the notations on so i i can index them mm-hmm. later for uh, more use and share that and i actually had at my last job i kept evernote document for every car i did so i could go back and look at the ro number for a specific car from three years ago and tell them exactly what i sprayed on it 
I could share it with another technician that might be having a problem with that. And that's like another app idea I have is like, like kind of a social network for painters where they can go online and share color matches that they found. People could like vote on them and like follow painters that they feel are good color matchers. It's like, I'm really passionate about making communication and things better for the industry I'm leaving. And so like, I kind of want to leave that behind before I go. So it's, it's like another motivation, but kind of, I got a little off, off track there, but like I said earlier, like voting <laughs> is making in a way. I'm, you know, I'm so the like, same way. I, I need that recipe, right? So yeah. So yeah. So like coding is making in a way. And so like, I, I would love to offer at least a glimpse into this world at our makerspace too, you know, it's like right now I'm actually on my Python. I'm learning Python right now. And because I, oh I no, we don't have a show for that. <laughs> I know, but you know, that was the other I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You know, I got myself into this and I, I'm kind of like committed to finishing it. But part of I realized like I'm making myself a full stack app technically, I think. But it's like I did HTML, CSS. I did the JavaScript thing. Now I need a way to store the data that's not going to disappear the second I refresh the website. And so like that was kind of the next step that was tough for me. Is like I had heard about MySQL. I kind of filled it fiddled with it at the beginning uh -huh. but i didn't know what i was doing and the user interface for that was just like felt god awful to me but um, now that i'm kind of playing around in the command prompt or whatever and it makes a little more sense just now that i'm actually doing the coding part but it's like okay there's mysql i hear about like non no sql mongodb sounded right. kind of nice to me because i learned the object oriented programming in mm -hmm. javascript so i kind of leaned towards that gotcha but i'd heard about node.js Python. I wasn't really interested in Java or C or whatever. Like, so it was kind of like between those two to learn to do a backend. Uh -huh. And I was trying to figure out how I wanted to go about that. You know, I just learned JavaScript basics. So as I'm approaching trying to figure out what I want to do about the backend, I'm like, okay, it sounds like I need to learn another aspect of JavaScript called Node. Is, <laughs> and to me, I'm like, is this what people call a framework or a library nope or i i don't know but it's like <laughs> it in a way it kind of sounded like what angular or yeah. react is you know it's just is it just different syntax that can be applied yeah. a little different so like that was tough for me plus i kind of like the idea of python yeah just because we wanted to do this makerspace thing and if I want to do projects with like kids and families and stuff, that could be applied towards like yeah. Raspberry Pi projects and stuff. Yep. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to try that. It might be a little tougher because it's something brand new, mm -hmm. but I'm just going to do that. So that's kind of what I've been into the last uh, month. I've been going through that book. I've been learning last day. They're doing my SQL in that book and it's, it's not as bad as I had thought. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I'm starting to kind of grasp the whole idea of this little bits of all the aspects of the stack. And it's, it's still a little overwhelming, but like I'm, I'm kind of getting the idea, but like I re I'm really committed to like finishing something because that, that's what's driven me to like not stop. So I, I really want to finish one of these apps, even if it's not, yeah. never goes into production, you know? So it, that's been like my biggest motivator. A couple of years ago, I put out a survey asking people what topics they wanted us to cover on devchat.tv. And I got two overwhelming responses. One was from the JavaScript community. They wanted a React show. And the other one was from the Ruby community and they wanted an Elixir show. So we started both. The React show though is React Roundup. And every week, we bring in people from the React community and we have conversations with them about React, about the community, about open source, about what goes into React, how to build React apps, 
and what's going on and changing in the React community. So if you're looking to keep current on the current React ecosystem and what's going on in React, you definitely need to be checking out React Roundup. You can find it at reactroundup.com. Nice. So yeah, so it sounds like you're learning Python now. I mean, where are you at with all of this? So uh, you want to expand on that? So yeah, I'm just curious as far as, so you feel like you've got your hands around JavaScript for the most part, you got a reasonably good handle on Python, but you're still learning more. Yeah, you know, wh where do you where do you end up as far as all of this goes? Like, where are you now? And yeah, where do you see this going in the end? So I kind of have a time limit limit on myself too. Because like we're planning to sell our house soon and move mm -hmm. to Tennessee to start our business in June when this kid's school year is over. But uh, the way things are going right now, yeah, that might be world, a thing. <laughs> uh, the housing market is basically shut down, so I might have a little more time on my hands. Yeah. But right now, I feel like I can't implement anything into the wild. I could probably but get my blog up soon. But um, part of what I'm trying to figure out right now as well is get community. So I, I have nobody to, to like bounce ideas off of or talk to. Right. That That's kind of one of the other challenges I had was, you know, like, where do I... I joined the Facebook group, but half of the people are just marketing their own teaching websites. They're, they, and the other people are beginners on that group. I hear people talk about meetups, but nobody ever talks about how you find a meetup. So. Oh, you want me to tell you how to find a meetup? I don't, I have no idea. I, I will happily do that. And it's funny too, because uh, I've coached some people on finding jobs and I tell them to go to the meetup because you'll meet people in your area that mm -hmm. have jobs yeah. typically. And so the idea is, is then you make friends who might be able to help you get a job. I know that's not exactly what you're aiming at, but yeah, for people who are finding jobs, that's one of the first things I tell them to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm also going to preface this by saying a lot of times I tell people to go do this and then they say, there's no way, there's no way there's one in my area because I don't live in a big city. And what I found is that even some of the areas that are not big city have code groups, right? Some of them are more general and some of them are very focused on specific technologies like JavaScript. And if there is one that's focused on a technology, it's most likely either Java.net or JavaScript. So just putting that out gotcha. there. Yeah. So though Python is making inroads now. So anyway, you go to meetup.com oh, and okay. you do a search. You can look you know, within like 50 miles of your zip code, I think is the way that it works. And then it'll list it all out. And so you can put in the topic that you're interested in having a meetup group for, and it'll find them for you. Oh, so, cool. so anyway, it's, it's relatively easy process. And then you can go join them and see when their next meetings are. Yeah. And if they don't have any meetings coming up, of course, we're talking in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic where nobody is meeting up, right? So you have yeah. that going. But if you got on and, you know, during normal times and you saw, you know what, there's there's no meetup. A lot of times what you can do is you can reach out to the organizers and say, hey, look, I noticed there aren't any meetups coming up. I'd like to organize one. And then, you know, all you really have to do then is find somebody to speak and get it on the calendar and people will show up. And there you go. Now you have your meetup group and somebody else did the work of gathering all those people together in one place. So you could reach out to them and say, hey, we're getting together. You also have to find a place to meet. I guess that's the other thing. But, you know, if it's a smallish group, you know, less than 50 people, you can probably just say, hey, let's all go to this restaurant or this coffee shop or something. Uh -huh. If it's bigger than that, then yeah, start looking around at other companies or look at their past meetings and see where they've met in the past and see if you can line that up. But I mean, that's it. That That's the whole long and the short of it. Now, within the JavaScript space, I'm also organizing some virtual meetups because of the coronavirus. And I'll probably keep them going afterward as long as people want to come to them. But yeah, so you can find those at devchat.tv slash meetups. And I'm doing one at 4 p.m. Mountain Time on Monday, 
as we speak. So this will probably come out later than that. So you can go see when the, the next one is. But I'm also doing them for Vue, React, Angular, and Ruby. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. And I'm also doing one in the morning mountain time, like 9 a.m. mountain time on Thursdays. And for the same groups, except what that does is it puts it in the afternoon, evening for like Europe, Israel, Middle East, Africa oh. time zones. So okay. those folks, because the, the ones in the afternoon or evening here are in the middle of the night for those people. Yeah. So, and then if you're in Asia or something those times will put it like in the morning, your time, depending on where you're at. So yeah. anyway, so that's another thing that I'm doing. So if you want to sign up for those, you can. And yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at. And I, I'm just inviting past guests from JavaScript Jabber or whatever to speak at those. So or some of our hosts. Cool. There you go. But yeah, the meetup.com is by far the easiest way to go. Another place you can look if you're curious is for Google developer groups. And Google has their own website for that. And so you can go see okay. if there's one of those in your area. Well, I live in the Bay Area right now, so I'm sure that oh, you've got too hard. <laughs> you've got you've got your pick, man. In the yeah. Bay Area, they've got a ton of them. What's funny is is like out here, I live near Salt Lake City, mm -hmm. so you know, not a big city really. I mean, I, maybe a million people in the metro area, maybe a million five along the whole Wasatch Front, which is basically from Ogden to Provo, and. You know, we have we have a whole bunch of meetup groups here and they tend to have like one in Salt Lake, one in Utah County, which is where I live, which is the county south of Salt Lake. Um, but it's rather populated around Provo. And then they usually have another one up around Ogden or even up in Logan, which is a small college town up in northern Utah. And and they have those for all of those. And then some of them even have two in Salt Lake. They have one in like South Salt Lake, the okay. south half of the valley, and another one downtown. So, okay, you know, you have good options here. But I mean, I've looked on Meetup for Bay Area and they've got, I mean, just ridiculous numbers of them. Seattle's the same way. And so is Los Angeles, I found. Yeah. And then, I, just, I never was aware of the, the meetup. Yeah. East Coast, East Coast, you're probably, you probably have good options in a lot of the bigger cities. One of the not as big cities that surprised me as far as the number of meetups they have is Orlando, Florida. Because mm. Orlando, it, you know, everyone's heard of it because of like Disney World and stuff, but it is not really that big a city and they have a ton of tech stuff going on there too so mm. but yeah atlanta boston philadelphia i think has a bunch new york city has a ton and they've, they've got as much going on you know down in jersey as they do up in new york city yeah so you've got great options there i know that there are other groups that meet like in raleigh or charlotte north carolina and so yeah you know it's you know a lot of good stuff in nashville austin has a ton because it's becoming a tech hub so i mean yeah if, you, you may have to drive a little bit but yeah you can probably find something within reasonable drive of where you live so yeah and we're we're planning to move near nashville anyway so sounds like that's a good hub for that as well yeah i know a lot of people in nashville so anyway cool. so yeah so anyway good options there I'm curious, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, are there other things that I can answer for you? I know that we're over time already. I think one of the biggest things, and you kind of said at the beginning, most people that are, are in it already are struggling to figure out too, but I I still quite, can't quite wrap my hand around, head around what the difference between frameworks, libraries, modules, web components are. Like in my right. mind, it, they're like either plugins or like I'm kind of getting a sense for what a module is with Python. It's a completely different right. style of coding. So like I yeah that so, that's that's kind of been the barrier for me. Like part of me just wants to stick to vanilla because like mm -hmm. I I don't know if I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole that's just not gonna be something I'm gonna I'm gonna use yeah. when something else would have been better for me. So 
what and and this is completely my opinion but in my experience let's let's take it down to kind of the basic level you usually have something like a platform or a language implementation i kind of think of them the same way so like node.js is an example of that right where it's a okay it's a javascript implementation that runs on your computer each of the browser javascript implementations i also think of as, pl uh, as platforms because they all have okay. an engine behind them that are built into the browsers right so okay. python has a bunch of those there's kind of i guess the basic i don't know what they call it over there because i'm not as steeped in their jargon but you know so they have the basic python implementation that you just install it's written in c yeah. or c plus plus and mm -hmm. then there's like iron python which connects into the windows runtimes and you've got i think there's a java java, java jvm implementation of python okay. and Right. So you can run any of those platforms to run Python. But you're and then, basically talking for JavaScript, it's like the V8 engine or something like that. Yeah, V8 engine is, it's sort of a platform because it has its own API, exposed API layer. But the V8 engine is part of Chrome. And so when you run it in Chrome or when you run it in Node, because Node is written with V8, mm -hmm. you know, then then what you're doing is you're you're running it on whatever platform actually you know, execute your code. Gotcha. So, but yeah, V8 is more of a language implementation. Okay. And then you've got frameworks and frameworks I tend to think of, there is, so it's a collection of libraries and libraries are typically, you know, a bunch of code that does a thing, right? So it has a job. Now, sometimes that job is big and it does a lot. And sometimes that job is small and it doesn't do very much, right? But it does something important. So that's a library. And, and yeah. some of the libraries feel like frameworks because they do so much stuff. But yeah, like the picture I had in my head with I, what I think that is, is basically um, a function call that yeah. does all the work behind the scenes for me. I don't really know. Yeah. need to know how it works, but I just call the, the function from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but some of them whatever. are organized into modules, which are collections of functions, basically. Okay. And so you can pull in the module and then you can call several, you know, several of the functions in there that all do jobs related to the overarching functionality that you're going to get from your library. Okay. So the library is just, hey, here's a way to do a thing in your app. Frameworks are more underpinnings for your app, right? And so if you, you, you know, you talk about Flask or in Node, you've got like Express or Angular View and React. Uh -huh. And so with those, typically what you're going to do is you're going to pull in React and then you're going to build the rest of your application on top of it. Okay. And so it gives you essentially a way to build an application where a library gives you a way to accomplish a particular task within the application. Okay. And then so that's, components. That's probably what I saw when yeah. I mentioned earlier about my wife's squares. Squarespace page, like I just pulled up the yeah. home page that had nothing on it and it was just had lines and lines of code in it. Yep. So that was probably just like a framework or a library. It is. I'm bet I'm betting, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm betting that Squarespace has its own framework that does, you know, that builds the page for you essentially. Okay. And it may have some underpinnings on React or Vue or Angular, right? And then it just is mm -hmm. more constrained because it only has to do what Squarespace does. Yeah. You know, because it has to support things in a reliable and predictable way. Whereas Angular, React, and Vue are designed to get a lot of the minutia out of your way, give you a way to organize your code, and then allow you to do whatever you want on top of it. So they have to be rather flexible. Whereas 
Squarespace's use case is fairly constrained. And so their their framework is going to be much, much more focused. Okay. And then components, components is a term that's come up lately and especially in front-end frameworks. And it's just a collection of functionality, essentially front to back. Usually it's just the UI layer, but sometimes it encompasses some behavior on it as well. And that's usually implemented in Angular, React, or Vue. I think Aurelia has picked up components, though, and I think some of the other frameworks, Dojo, you know, that aren't as widely used, but are still out there. Ember is another one that comes to mind. So they'll implement components. But I think components is very, is a term that's going to vary wildly depending on your framework and language. Okay. And if you go into like React Native, you've got components and views. And views is the term that the native devs use for a UI element mm -hmm. and components is the way that react native actually implements them and so sometimes they're used interchangeably and so it okay. gets confusing too depending on your context gotcha okay. yeah the, the rest of those terms are pretty well defined within software development and so then it just you get into the gray areas when you have a really really large library that tends to take over a lot of your application or you have a framework that is small and focused enough to where you're only going to use it in certain parts of your application and so you can start thinking of it as a large library rather than a small framework and so that's okay. that's kind of where you get into the gray area but react view and angular are pretty squarely in the framework space react is the only one that i would argue might might be considered a library but then the react ecosystem has grown to kind of fill the framework niche gotcha so the one thing with frameworks and libraries too that i don't quite understand is i have five minutes like okay <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm just letting you know i have another call gotcha yeah I'm, i'll just make this my last question and I might tie in WordPress with that too, because that, that's a word I hear thrown around a lot. But I, I imagine like a framework or a library, is that something that is hosted? Like that's something you, you, you download, you host it with your website and it delivers yes. it with your code? Or is that like pulled from a different source? So you can pull it from a different source. You'll see some people pull it from a CDN, which has got content delivery network. And what they okay. do is they make sure that frequently accessed stuff is in a cache. In other words, it's just quickly accessible. And so you'll see people accessing from like JSCDN or things like that. And so you can pull some of that code in from there. But usually it's going to be a framework like jQuery that can be pulled in on its own. And then you'll have other stuff that calls into it. Most of the bigger frameworks like Angular, Vue, or React, they assume... Now, Vue can be pulled in the same way. You can actually pull it in and then run it that way. React and Angular, you cannot. And so what you wind up doing is you pull it into your application, you build all your stuff, and then you essentially run a build step that pulls out all the stuff you're not using, compresses and condenses your JavaScript, and then that's all served up with your website. All right. But either way, it has to be served up with your website, you know, whether you're hosting it or somebody else is hosting it. Mm -hmm. Because the browser, if it doesn't get it off of a reference on your website, it won't load it, and then you yeah. won't have it. Okay, okay, that sounds good. And then last one, is, I hear WordPress. In some regards, it sounds like it's some people like it, other people like it's kind of like thing from their past that they, they regret using or something like that what exactly is work it's, it kind of sounds like a square space but like where it's it's kind of a ui but it's got more down to the the code kind of deal like a framework or libraries because i hear them talking about plugins and stuff and building websites and with wordpress what I, I don't quite understand that either is that kind of a similar thing so plugins are usually built so so wordpress is an example right they actually have a system and a series a set of apis for plugins to take advantage of and so you know and then they have a mechanism for installing them and so as long as they follow the rules then you know meaning 
we're going to access these APIs to get our work done and I can be stored in this folder and can be run in this way, then, you know, I can be a plugin. Mm. But it, yeah, it really just depends on the framework for that, for a plugin and how they define a plugin. But that's, those are generally the ways that you look at plugins. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, we don't even have time for picks, so I'm going to wrap this <laughs> up. But yeah, unless you want to just say, hey, go check this thing out. But other than that... I would just say I just finished the season of Picard. Some people yeah. like it, some people don't, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, we I'd watched it worth, last night. Yeah, that last finally. scene just uh, got me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a chance to go see Hamilton last month, oh. and that, that was awesome, but I would definitely recommend the uh, soundtrack and all to the the mixtape soundtrack cool i'm just gonna remind people to go check out js remote conf it's going to be in may i am picking speakers today in fact i've already picked a bunch of them i just need to let them know and yeah so keep an eye out for that this winds up coming out you know or you listen to this after may 15th after the conference is over i will be putting the videos up so that you can pay to watch them for a few months and then i think eventually they'll wind up on youtube i haven't quite decided how i want to do that and then i'm putting on some other conferences so if you want to do ios rails react native those are ones that I'm looking at right now. And then I've decided just talking to a whole bunch of my friends in the podcasting space that I'm going to do a podcasting online conference. So keep an eye out for those. They'll all be listed on devchat.tv slash conferences. And yeah, in the meantime, Max out, everybody. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.